Thanks for tuning in. This episode was originally recorded for YouTube, so some references might be lost on listeners. To get the full experience and to view current episodes, go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Talks Beer. That's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Rob Talks Beer. All right, let's go to the episode. to Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer, a show where we discuss different styles of beer, beer history, beer flavor profiles. We give shout-outs to breweries we think make exceptional beer, and we talk about whatever else comes to mind during the course of our conversation. I'm your host, Rob, and if you enjoy what I'm doing, please uh, consider subscribing to the channel, maybe clicking like and click the little bell to be notified. Uh, hey, uh, joining me today is my friend Brian Albert. Brian, uh, for people who haven't uh, seen your previous episode, please uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, how you got into the world of beer and what you do when you're not talking to people like me about beer. Absolutely. Uh, well, hey, everyone. Um, I am a historian who focuses on beer culture. Don't ask me to brew stuff. I'm not very good at that. But I'm great at talking about the ways that kind of beer affects lives historically, uh, especially in the United States. So, you know, I've written about everything from beer rides in Germany to uh, colonial women brewsters in Massachusetts. And just recently, I talked about prohibition uh, when the U.S. government got caught bootlegging, got caught with their hand in the cookie jar um, that just kind of debuted a couple days ago. And um, when I'm not doing this, I, uh, I look after my kids. I'm a dad. And... Um, I also just, you know, I'm, I'm living that wonderful Pacific Northwest life in Washington State. Uh, it's a great time. It's, you know, always a thrill to be driving down the road and all of a sudden you get this beautiful mountain view of Mount Rainier and things like that. So just uh, doing what I can. Awesome. Awesome. Well, today we are going to be uh, diverging a little bit from the, the, the norm. Uh, we're not going to be talking about any specific beer today. We're going to be talking about Oktoberfest. Yes. Um, and, uh, Brian Brian uh, recently uh, attended an Oktoberfest, so we're going to talk about that and maybe talk about the differences between the one he went to and other ones uh, that, that are around. So, uh, Brian, tell me a little bit about your adventures lately. Yeah, um, so I wanted to take an anniversary trip for, for celebrating 10 years with my wife, and uh, we, we decided we want to go to Bavaria, and we wanted Oktoberfest to be a part of that trip, and uh, that was in 2020. <laughs> So that trip got postponed, then it got postponed again, and we were finally able to do it just a couple months ago, um, two years later. And so I guess it was our 12-year anniversary trip. And um, <laughs> yeah, but we, we got to go to the Oktoberfest in Munich. Uh, it was my first time going, so it was, it was a fantastic treat. Um, it's something I've always kind of wanted to do. Uh, and also, you know, just because I've... Uh, gone to more than more than one Oktoberfest in the Midwest and, you know, read a lot about it and things like that. It, it was great to see kind of the contrast between what you experience, you know, in, in Wisconsin or Illinois or, or Indiana, uh, where I've kind of been and, you know, and the, the OG, uh, in, in Munich where, um, I was actually really thrilled to see how, uh, how traditional it was, not in the sense that it was stuffy, but in the sense that I could really tell from, from the history that I've looked at, uh, that they've, cons they've remained very consistent with how they celebrate and, and kind of remained like, uh, 
really really um, paid attention to the core of what makes Oktoberfest Oktoberfest, and they they've just always been um, committed to that in in a way that uh, I, I really like. It's <laughs> it's it's very European uh, coming from an American perspective, and um, just just a thrill to see. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I've been to a couple uh I've been to a couple Oktoberfest. Never never been to the OG over in yeah. uh, Munich. It's on the uh the list of places to get to. Uh but uh like like you, you know, we had planned on going over there in 2020 and then uh all the COVID bullshit happened and we yeah. haven't really gone anywhere. I mean, this is a uh, this 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 past fall uh, here, you know, the past couple of weeks. It's like the first times we've actually left the country uh to go anywhere. And it was literally just going back across the border to visit friends and family in in, in Illinois, uh, yep. you know. But everything was put on hold. You know, we uh, we had planned on going to uh, to Europe again. We had planned on going to visit. Uh, I've got friends in Australia. We were going to go visit, and we were going to wow. go to Japan for my fiftieth birthday. And none of that happened because you know uh, COVID. <laughs> everything was locked down. Now that looks like a proper size mug you've got there, my friend. It, it is. Yeah. If we're talking about Oktoberfest, you, you, I had to do the full liter. Um, nice. Luckily I have one going around. It's not a, it's not a, a, an official Munich Oktoberfest beer, but it is an Oktoberfest style from Montana yeah. uh, by Byron Brewery, which I figured was appropriate. Um, yep. Kate Bernat showed me, showed me this brewery uh, through some, some wonderful beer mail a couple of years ago and uh, been, trying to get my hands on it ever since when it makes its way to Washington. And uh, yeah, the, the color is very dark uh, compared to what you'd see at Oktoberfest uh, in Munich nowadays, but it's, it's delicious. <laughs> I, I, this is my first sip of it for this year and it was, it's really amazing. Awesome. I am using a half liter Stein that I picked up when I was in Boston this the, nice. this, uh, couple months ago at Sam mm-hmm. Adams. Uh, they were they were celebrating their Oktoberfest stuff, and this mug was six bucks, so I couldn't pass it up. It's only nice. it's only a half yeah. liter, but but uh, I have uh, Clifford Brewing's Oktoberfest beer in here, which is a fantastic uh, representation of the of the traditional style. Uh, as you can see, it's got that nice kind of uh, amberish orangey color, that kind of burnt yeah. orange color to it. It's uh it's got a fantastic flavor with just a hint of bitterness on the end. It's really nice. Um, if you ever make your way up here to uh, Ontario, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll have to be sure to take you to Clifford uh, Brewing because they make fantastic beers. I mean, they're they're uh, all their beers are good. There might be a style you don't like, but mm-hmm. but the, all their beers are good. Their uh, their most famous beer is their uh, their porter, uh, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely fantastic. Now, see, I have I have glass envy now because I just have this little glass, and you've got that big one. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish they served half liters at Oktoberfest. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> but there's one size, and that's all you get. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's because they don't want to be coming around every two minutes yeah, to, yeah. to give you a new beer. Oh, so, absolutely. So, so tell me a little bit about uh, the differences that you've noticed between between the the Oktoberfest that you and I have, have been to in the Midwest and uh, the uh, the OG there in uh, Munich. Uh, well, there there are some similarities. Um, you know, the the idea of this big outdoor kind of festive event, things like that. The idea of incorporating these these kind of um, carnival esque type of games. You know, like like in the U.S., you'd see Stein hoisting or like the, the driving the nails, things like that. And uh, I didn't see anything like that at Oktoberfest in, in Munich, 
uh, directly, but it, they do kind of double it as this just giant, fantastic carnival. There were there were literal roller coasters, you know, like a stone's throw from the beer tents, which nice. I really hope people go on the roller coasters first and then go to the beer. Uh, but I, I guess I don't know for sure. Um, you know, everything from you know the the little like carnival like style shooting games, throwing the bot, you know, throwing the ball at the bottles, all that kind of stuff. Um, and one thing that I, I noticed, because I didn't just go to Munich uh, for that trip, I also um, went to northern Bavaria, places like Nuremberg and stuff. And it's kind of, uh, you know, we think of, we we think, oh, it's Oktoberfest. That's, that's what's going on at this time of year in, in Bavaria. And actually, there, there's similar type of festivals um, all over. You know, uh, Stuttgart has, it's, it's not quite the size of Oktoberfest, uh, but it's not far off um, in terms of like, they, they also get several million visitors a year uh but this is not the one you hear about you know at least across the atlantic um i was in nuremberg and they had like three going on simultaneously or or very close proximity there was like the the old the old town festival i think it was called the altstadt fest there was like a, a herbst fest like fall festival i think i saw like the the German version of a renaissance fair going on like it was just (laughs) it's just festival season um and you know in those places, they'll, they'll have a very similar type of uh, dynamic, too, where you, you can definitely go and get beers, maybe not the giant, you know, thousands of people tents, but yet they have, like, the beer garden culture going on right next to carnival games, right next to roller coasters. And it's, it's just, it's it's not just like, oh, Oktoberfest is this, um, like, special thing that's only done in one place. Like, the, the kind of fall festival festive culture is is in, all over Bavaria at that time, and it was um, it was quite a thrill to see. Yeah, I mean... So I've I've been told I've yet to experience. But I've been told that um, just uh, about uh, an hour away from me is the the uh, the largest Oktoberfest in the world outside of Munich. Um, I live uh, I live in a town called Brandenburg, Ontario, um, yeah. and there is a town called Kitchener, which used to be called Berlin uh, up until <laughs> night. Uh, they renamed to Kitchener for whatever reason, and uh, apparently they have the second largest uh, Oktoberfest in the world. Um, I've yet to get there because, you know, I don't know, even, even though, even though things have calmed down with, with uh, the pandemic and everything, I'm yeah. still a little gun shy of going and hanging out with, you know, like 10,000 other people. Cause you don't know who, who is absolutely who isn't vaccinated yeah. and things like that. But, uh, maybe, maybe next year things will be a little calmer still and, and I'll get my, uh, my butt over there and, and enjoy it. But, uh, I've been told it's very similar to, uh, to the, uh, the one in Munich in terms of uh, scale and uh, pr- presentation. Uh, I'd love to see the the Ontario one. I haven't, although I've, I've heard, like you said, that it's the, the biggest one that's not in Munich itself. Um, I have been to Oktoberfest in Cincinnati, uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, which I they really want to be the, the biggest Oktoberfest outside of, of Munich, but, but Ontario gets them. Um, and I will say, you know, I, I went to that pre-COVID, and and everything, so that wasn't a concern at the time. Uh, it was a wonderful time. It was not the same, uh, but I mean, is it was a different in style. I'm not trying to qualitatively evaluate, right? But it, there was different in style between how it's how it's done in Munich. Um, it did have some of those carnival elements. It had a lot more, I guess, I would say, more like state fair elements. Like there was lots of like you know kitschy or or novelty food that you could be eating, things like that. Um, whereas the the food in, in Munich was a little more traditional. Uh, Another big difference is is the beer. Um, you know, Americans are still. Uh, I, I'm not sure how it is in Canada. I'm not trying to to speak for that, but in, in the U.S., there's still a lot of um, uh, adherence to to the Meritzen as like the official or the the real Oktoberfest beer style, and that hasn't been true in 
40-ish at least years in Munich. It's it's been the fest beer, that lighter golden colored, not six percent, you know, closer like the Hellas style uh, and everything. Um sorry, there's an alarm going off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and that's actually, you know, that I I just view that as a as a microcosm of of what's interesting about, you know, American versus like German Oktoberfests is uh Americans being, you know, being so close to to immigrant communities rather than like um kind of native born germans uh they they had to kind of redefine german culture in a way that fit in with like the the broader environment that it existed in uh but this is something that gets close to to my historical research too and so american oktoberfests from from the beer to the events themselves they they are different but that's, that doesn't mean they're inauthentic. And that's, it's, I love watching that interplay because Americans, um, German Americans, and then the, the non-German, the other background Americans that have, that have come in to join in those celebrations have, have turned it into something new, um, that, that takes on its own kind of diasporic identity. And, um, I, I really going from one to the other is a very enjoyable experience for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking as as someone who is a German American, my, my grandparents came uh, to America from Germany in 47. I'm only second generation born in North America. You know, most of my family actually still lives in Germany. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I can uh, I can see where where um, where the things have diverged, like looking at uh, the way yeah. that uh, Oktoberfests are, are handled in Europe you know, in Germany in particular, but in Europe overall, the, the fall festivals as compared to the ones that we have in, in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, I have noticed though, uh, here in Ontario, at least I, I can't speak to the rest of Canada that they too have kind of gotten away from Martzen's being the, uh, the official yeah. Oktoberfest mm-hmm. beer. Cause you, you find them and believe me, oh, yeah. I love, I, mm-hmm. I love a good Martzen, but, uh, you know, fest beers, uh, the, the, the actual fest beer style is a lot more prominent. Uh, and in, in some of them will even call it Oktoberfest beer. Yeah. And it, it's just a fest beer. It's not, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a Martzen. It's, it's, it's just, you know, your typical, I, even this one. I mean, this one's a nice light color. Yeah. That is it's very light. A, it's, it's and not, it's not dark, but also at this time one. of year, yeah. <laughs> also very, at this time dark. of year, we get a lot of alt beers at this time of year up here too, which is fantastic because yeah. I, I love, I love a good alt beer that, that, that old style of ale is fantastic. So right now is, a, is, is the best time to, uh, to, to, to be in this area, at least for me in terms of beer, because I've, I can get uh, right now, you know, I can get Oktoberfest beers. I can get the Martzens. I can get alt beers. Mm-hmm. And then, um, there's there's a couple breweries that always have like um, my ESBs and things like that. So all those kind yeah. of multi malt forward, slightly bittered, not not totally bittered uh, beers uh, are available to me this time of year. And it's like, you know, I, I'm uh, I, I sometimes get uh, the paralysis due to uh, the number of choices that I have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And now I definitely got to visit Ontario just from that description. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. And, uh, and when it comes back to, you know, the, the Oktoberfest styles and like what gets made, um, I actually just, just looked at the bottle that I just opened, uh, from Bayern and I'm, I'm not trying to be at all judgy. I just want to point out like the gray area that, that American Oktoberfest styles can kind of exist in. This is labeled as an Oktoberfest lager. I'm not sure if you can see it. And then it says old style, dark Merzen. So it's like, <laughs> it's an Oktoberfest beer, but it's, the old style, it's a Meritzen, you know, it's, they're, they're not, 
I, I can, if someone didn't know anything about Oktoberfest or Oktoberfest beer or whatever and looked at this, they would be, might, they might walk away not really knowing, like, is this the way it's supposed to be done? Is this how it's done? And, and what's, what's interesting about that is that they're really in, in the U.S., it's such a gray area and it's such a, a, a kind of interpretive thing that, um, even though we can say, oh, you know, the official Oktoberfest beer is, is a fest beer, like the way it's done, the way it's practiced, um, it does have a life of its own and does have a value of its own. And it can lead to Meritsons too. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, old style Meritson Oktoberfest. So is it an alt? Is it a Meritson? Is it a fest beer? Yeah. What the heck is it? <laughs> it's a little of everything just kind of thrown together. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what they, if I had to interpret what I think they, they really meant is that they're trying to say, this is the old way of doing Oktoberfest beer. But just yep. reading the label, if you don't know any context of Oktoberfest, you wouldn't necessarily get that. Uh, it is delicious, though, by the way. I'm not, I'm not ragging on Byron at all. I, I love the brewery. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, it's you know, it's just one of those things. You, you, you want to point that kind of thing out for, for people, and that's the purpose of this show is to <clears> point <throat> things out like that to people who might not be aware. You know, some people might think that, oh, you know, Oktoberfest – that that just means fest beers. That's the only thing there is, but yeah. it's not true. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you have you have your fest beers and your Martins and and you have your alt beers, but there's also just standard lagers that are, that are, you know that that come out around this time of year because yeah. it's it's harvest time. So yep. so all all these beers that come out are are to celebrate the fall harvest, and that's the that's the entire purpose of Oktoberfest. I mean, so you know, there's Absolutely. no there's no there's no wrong beer to have during the Oktoberfest season, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, the, only, yeah. the only wrong beer to have is one that's in somebody else's glass and not yours. <laughs> <laughs> Are you that guy at the party? Like, that? that's wrong. That beer should be in my glass. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he doesn't deserve that beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I haven't completed the work yet, so I can't, like, tell you wonderful the wonderful insights i'll eventually have um but i i want to do a project trying to figure out like where americans diverged from from their their german uh neighbors uh across the across the ocean uh when it came to oktoberfest styles and things like that because germans uh sorry the the oktoberfest beer styles of munich were, were changing around the same period that like americans were, were starting to come back to these styles of beer and that, you know, as craft was starting and getting away from the yep. Bud Miller Coors type of dynamic. And um, when you look at like the original, like beer judge certification program guidelines, like the, the pamphlet that, that describes all the styles um, I'm pretty sure for years, they just had a Meritzen like category or, or entry, I should say. And they described it as the Oktoberfest beer. And it wasn't until like, like way more into the two thousands than you'd think that they actually added the fest beer like entry to be alongside it. And when it first happened, it was like, oh, well, these are both kind of Oktoberfest styles. And then later they, they kind of changed it again. And so there's, there's some kind of divergence there that I think goes back to, you know, like post-World War II, like GIs serving in, in military bases in Germany to like tourism, you know, like, like kitschy tourism from the fifties and like that the original craft beer brewers who were going to Germany for inspiration and like what they experienced. And I think that there's like this weird kind of cocktail of influences that led Americans to just associate, you know, Oktoberfest with Meritzen's long after the Germans kind of moved on to the fest beer category. And I think there's going to be more, a more interesting uh, story there than you'd think. And also I have to plug that a lot of this is, is being done kind of in cooperation with, with Franz Hofer, uh, another historian um, who is 
done a lot of really great work on this and, and sometimes and some of what I just said is cribbing his work, so don't don't credit me. <laughs> <laughs> No, no stealing of attributions no, here. No, no. Feel feel free to plug plug whomever. I mean, you yeah. you, you know you've been on the show. I'm, I'm like, yeah, just talk about whatever you want to talk about and whoever you want to talk yeah, about, as long as absolutely. you're not defaming or or, uh, or uh, you know libeling anybody. All's fair in in beer and in yeah, war. Yeah. So, <laughs> absolutely, not everyone should read Franz's work. He he runs a blog called Tempest in a Tankard, uh, which is just wonderful stories and travel throughout Germany and Austria for for their beer culture, and then I think sometimes Belgium too. So yeah, nice. Yeah, I had um, um, uh, the episode that's currently airing on my YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was with um, a guy from Norway who uh, who's a, a beer historian as well, but it, he he specializes in traditional Norwegian styles of beer, mm-hmm. which is absolutely fascinating because like there's a style of beer uh, called Kornel that uh, I'm going to try brewing uh, on my system that you don't boil the wort. At all, at all. You you you, uh, you bring it up to uh, you you bring it up to a temperature to uh, to kill off uh, any any uh, bad bugs or whatever. But you don't actually boil it. You just you it's. I guess it's like um, <laughs> I guess it'd be like lightly pasteurizing uh, before okay. before you ferment it. It's yeah. It, it's it's really interesting. It's uh it's an it's and it's it's an old style of beer that's been around for a long time, but it's uh. It, it's only brewed in a certain region in Norway, and I happened to come across. It was funny. I happened to come across wow. the uh, the an article about it like two weeks before I had this guy on my show, and I was like, "Wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's serendipitous." <laughs> uh, you're talking about Lars, right? Um, yeah, Lars. Yeah. yeah, no, his work is fantastic, and wow, I, I wasn't even familiar with that myself. That sounds really great. Although it does seem to me like. Isn't something either like isn't kind of a binary like it's either pasteurized or not like if anything? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm you know I, I don't know what the proper term would be. I'm just okay, uh, you know okay uh, because because I am I am not a scientist. I'm just a basic <laughs> home brewer and a guy who likes to drink beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. I I don't produce anything. What I deal with is not beer most of the time. It's old paper, and old paper tastes terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you you deal with paper cuts and silverfish, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, what uh, b- besides your uh, besides your divergent uh, Oktoberfest beliefs uh, thing that you were just talking about? What else are you working on these days? Uh, well, like I said at the beginning, I, I just released an article that was about a prohibition story um, 100 years ago in 1922. Um, August Bush, who, as you can imagine, was having a pretty bad time with this company uh, two years into prohibition. Uh, he took a trip across the ocean and he, he discovered that uh, a U.S. government owned passenger ship was serving alcohol. They had like five bars running on the ship. And as you can imagine, he was a little upset. And uh, this led to kind of a media controversy called the Bush Lasker controversy. Um, I just put this article out on Good Beer Hunting. And, um, you know, I won't go through the whole story with you, but but needless to say, it uh, it was quite a media scandal. Um, it put the Harding administration in a bit of a bind right during an election year. and. Um, I'm sure this episode will air after the, the U.S. midterms um, results come in, but uh, this at the time, air November 11th. Oh, so like three days after. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I'm not going to make any 2022 uh, predictions, but in 1922, <laughs> um, the, the prohibition politics that this stirred up contributed to really heavy losses for Republicans. They lost over they lost 77 seats in the U.S. House of Representatives. 
which is a lot. <laughs> that is <And> a lot. <laughs> I think that's, it's like 20% give or take of like all seats. And um, yeah. And so it just, I, I kind of think it, uh, this story shows a little bit when you, when you get these like values driven, um, very contentious issues like prohibition or maybe certain other things that might be happening in the U S today um, that this can lead to unexpected consequences at the ballot box and, and weird kind of political bedfellows and weird political twists that are hard to anticipate. And so I think it's a fascinating story to tell at this particular juncture. Yeah, most definitely. And you said it's on good beer hunting, right? Yes. Yeah. It just yeah, came so, out a couple so, days ago. So, so. so for people who aren't familiar Good Beer Hunting is an absolutely phenomenal resource if you want any information when it comes to to the beer industry. Um, I've had I've I've had uh, you and I've had um, Ruveni De Silva, uh, who who also is is uh, seen around uh, Good Beer Hunting articles, and then um, I actually had uh, the guy who started it. Uh, is his name Mike? Michael Kaiser. Yeah, he was on my show uh, talking oh, wow. about. Uh, Talking about uh, how he created his new media empire. That's my terminology, not his. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, if you if you're if if you're listening to this and you want to get a a lot better information than than I tend to give, because my show is more about uh, you know a little bit of education and a little bit of entertainment, and theirs is all about all about facts, figures, and and, and the yeah. world of beer. I mean, good beer hunting is the place to go. Um, I, no, I, they, they, yeah. I read a lot of articles there. So, and you know, it's, it's, it's nice. Uh, it, it's nice that, that I run in the same circles as them, but uh, I do not, uh, do not uh, proclaim to be anywhere near as cool as, as good beer hunting. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's not like that. Um, the, it's just a really good team. I don't know what to it say. It is. Um, no, yeah. and 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 the and uh, the 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 people that write uh, and 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 do the research over there are fantastic. Absolutely. Um, yeah, since uh, since I've started writing for them, um, I, I've really helped push for for like more historical content and things like that. Which there's there's more than than just what I write. Um, a lot of people come in and write really fantastic articles. Um, their their source material series is where all that kind of gets like categorized in the site. So yeah, um, so many so many great historical um, anecdotes and also insightful stories and kind of lessons for for the present, the future. Um, I'm I'm really a big fan of it uh, because it's just in the last couple of years it's kind of become a nice hub for for quality beer history content and that's just what I do. Sorry, that's what I'm going to plug. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, no, I most, most definitely. It. I mean, you know, uh, it, it, it's a great hub for just beer content in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it, it's great that uh, that you found you found a, a home there because I mean, what what you do is kind of a niche uh, a niche. Uh, area in 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 the beer world but but i think it's a an area that needs to be explored you know yeah. um because yeah what's what's the old saying you know if you don't uh, learn from history you're doomed to repeat it and if, yep. uh, if if there's nobody out there documenting or or researching what happened in the past you know how how are we going to uh, move forward yeah and, and if I can spend just just thirty seconds soapboxing on this front, hey. you you, le- you left me the opening. Um, Step up, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when it comes to like craft beer, I always like to joke just to myself uh, that in the broader spectrum and umbrella of like alcohol in in our society, craft beer is like a sliver of one slice of one layer of a cake. And so if you just focus on craft beer, you're, just, you're missing so much more cake. And beer history is almost like a crumb of that slice. It's just it's this niche within a niche a lot of the time. 
But at the same time, um, I, I like it so much because beer is a way to, to talk about so many other things. Like I don't, I don't write, you know, the, the, the history of a brewery, you know, Oh, it was founded in 18, whatever. And it, you know, expanded to a new city in 19, whatever. Um, you know, that, that stuff has its, ha- has its place and it's, it's in educational to a point, but I, I talk about beer as a way to talk about other things. Um, you know, a way to talk about, you know, broader politics, a way to talk about rights, um, a way to talk about the, the, the various glues that keep society together. Um, and so, you know, I, I use beer as kind of the unifying denominator for, for all the different, you know, t- topics that I tackle or whatever, but I'm never just talking about beer and it would be silly to, to think that beer history is just beer, you know, because yeah. it always expands into something else. No, you're, you're hundred percent right. I mean, you know, you focus on, uh, you focus on a lot of the stuff that's a, uh, that, that has a basis in societal issues. Um, yeah. it just, so it just so happens it, 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 it involves beer as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think beer is just, it's the way in and it's, and I don't just do that because like, that's not like some pandering thing. Like, Oh, psh, I don't think people will read this unless I like, you know, give them something neat to talk. Like, that's where I like to, to enter into these topics. I think beer is the way in for me, you know? And, uh, yep. and it just, it leads to really, really interesting stuff. I don't know what to say. Yeah, no. And, and your work, your work is interesting. Um, you know, I know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, beer history, who cares? But, but I mean, if people actually start digging into, to some of the facets of it, it, it is, it's, it's, it's really fascinating the way that, um, beer and alcohol in general have helped, um, shape the, the, the society that we live in, in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing that the, the twists and turns and, and, you know, the, 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 the advancements and the controversies that have all happened around, yeah. uh, alcohol. You know, it, it's, absolutely. it's weird. <laughs> no, it absolutely is. Um, I, I think it's always shocking that I'll, I'll write kind of a beer history article and literal beer is just a tiny aspect of it. You know, even yeah. if I'm talking, even if I'm talking constantly about people and, and things and forces that are in beer's orbit, but yeah, no, a- absolutely. And that's actually, you know, that's why I wanted to make sure this poster was behind me for this talk, you know, is like this, this was, um, based on tech, take care to root, uh, uh, which is a, a series that I wrote about a year ago in collaboration with uh, with Jamal Lemon and Mike Stein and Pete Jones. Uh, that that was on Good Beer Hunting. It also kind of turned into a a collaboration beer in in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and it it was just uh, the story revolved around a festival that that had beer in it. But what we ended up talking about was you know the the unfortunate failures of the reconstruction era in, in United States history and all the, the, the ramifications for equality and, and black rights and um, <laughs> basically everything uh, that's happened Things since 1877. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was amazing to me um, helping Jamal who, who spearheaded the project. Um, but it was amazing to watching him interact with um with the various community members who in Charleston that, that he knew. And as he, as he was like kind of bringing this collaboration beer in this article series to them. And it was amazing how much it resonated with them. You know, when, when all we really did was dig up 170 year old documents about a party that no one alive was ever at, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it was amazing how many people could, could read about that and, and find something of themselves in it. And, you know, that was probably one of the more, the most successful, uh, attempts at that that I've, I've done but that's what i'm trying to do with every article you know that's with awesome. every with every project right is is i want people to find something of themselves in what they're reading and um 
I think once in a while it succeeds. <laughs> Hopefully more than once. Uh, it's probably more than once in a while. You probably have a pretty yeah. good track record. I mean, you know, it's one of those things like I'm the same way. You, you, you kind of self-deprecate yourself because you don't want to seem like you're uh, tooting your own horn. But you're probably a lot more successful than you think you are, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I will never, <laughs> ever agree with you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, I just have this tiny little YouTube channel. You know, yeah, it's yeah. no it's no big deal. But for people that it helps, it is a big deal. You know, and no, for people it, that, it that, that are looking for yeah. the information, it is a big deal. So. You know, you know, we might we might think that uh, what we do is just a tiny little piece, but that tiny little piece could be a big piece for somebody else. I, I suppose you're right, and and to to be clear, that that's why I wanted to come back too, because I really do appreciate what you're doing with this series, and I had a great time the first time, so I wanted to to come back for sure. Awesome. Well, I I appreciate it. Well, Brian, we are at the 31 minute mark, and as I told you before, we got on camera. I'm trying to keep my episodes to about 30 minutes, uh, so this is the part of the show where we say, "Hey, this is the end of the show." If you've enjoyed this, if you've enjoyed this show, you know, uh, please show me a little love, like like this video. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm actually going to be launching the show also as a podcast, so all my previous episodes will be available as audio only coming. Soonish, <laughs> Brian. If people want to get in touch with you, or they want to, they want to follow you, or or uh, read your articles, where where can they find you out on the interwebs? Uh, yeah, I have a website, uh, broodculture.org, um, just like it sounds. No underscores or hyphens or anything like that. Uh, I'm also pretty active on Twitter. Um, you know, at broodculture again, and um, I, I don't really like to do Instagram too much, but I'm technically there as well. So <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I have an Instagram account and it's it's very it's very uh neglected. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Brian, it's been it's been fantastic having you on the show again. Uh you know, until yeah, thanks next for having time, me. I'm Rob from the internet. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>